All right. Well, as we're spending a little bit more time in, in uh, musical worship this morning, um, I wanted to share from a song that we have from God in Scripture. And um, so if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Psalms and uh, turn to Psalm 77. It's interesting when you look at Psalms. We don't often think of Psalms as songs, but it really is. And um, it, it's amazing how uh, musical, if you will, um, or artistic people, writers of Scripture are. And particularly this guy that wrote Psalm 77 named Asaph. Asaph is known for a few different things. Um, he was a recorder, he was a Levite, these type of things. But he was a musician at heart. And in fact, uh, he wrote at least 12 of the Psalms that we have. And uh, Asaph, even, you know, uh, he had a whole family of musicians. Not only did he, in Second uh, Chronicles, we see him leading an orchestra. And it says that there was 120 trumpets in the orchestra, um, which was f- probably fairly loud um, and annoying, too, um, in some ways. Uh, but... Also, his whole family was musical. In fact, um, his descendants were, they led the service that was held in Jerusalem, and they were the singers of the service there. And um, and so they were like Jim, basically. <laughs> um, no, they just, um, his whole family musical. And and the, the, the cool thing about songs, and, and most of the songs we sing are kind of praise, which is awesome, but sometimes... It's great to look into a song that articulates the depth of somebody's feelings and emotions about where they are in life. And in this Psalm 77, you'll see a guy um, struggling through his emotions. and But he's being honest about his emotions and his emotions toward God and about God and the things about God and what God's doing in his life. And so <clears throat> read with me verse 1 and we'll kind of walk through this. It says this. He starts off his song and he says, My voice rises to God and I will cry aloud. My voice rises to God and he will hear me. So right off the bat, he he says, I'm going to cry out to God. And you're going to see he's hurting after this. But he says something that he knows to be true. And that is this, that God will hear me. But watch his emotions take over and watch how he changes. He says, In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. In the night, my hand was stretched out without weariness. My soul refused to be comforted. So he's having some troubles in his life. He's having some hardships. You've probably been there, are there, or at least for sure you will be there at some other point. And what he says is, he says, I'm reaching out my arm. He says, I'm crying. I'm going to reach out to God and I'm going to ask him to meet me where I am. And, and, and he says, he says this, he says, he stretched it out without weariness. But he never stopped. And you've probably been there at some point, or maybe you are there, where you keep your pers- perseverance is up. You keep praying for something. You keep praying for something. You keep praying for something. And then, yet there comes a point when you kind of think, God, are you even here? I mean, you're just kind of reaching out to find him somewhere, and you don't feel like he's anywhere. You don't even know if he hears you. Then he says this, verse 3, he says, When I remember God, then I'm disturbed. When I sigh, my spirit grows faint. He says, man, when I, when I think about God, I'm disturbed. Because 
he's feeling like God's not there. He's reaching out and God's not answering him. He, he feels distant. He might even feel detached or maybe even has feelings of abandonment from God. He goes on, he says, you, speaking of God, you have held my eyelids open. I am so troubled, I can't even speak. You ever been there where you say, I, I, I'm so disturbed, I don't even know what to say anymore. It, it's almost like bitterness creeping in. You know, and sometimes when we get like this, we feel detached. We feel even a sense of abandonment. Again, it's feelings, but we feel sense of abandonment by God. And then we even come to a service like this. And we look around and we feel like everybody's got something that I don't have. I, I, I want to want God, but I, I don't even feel like He's even there. Like I've been praying that I would want God more and that I would feel God and He would, I would sense Him with me and yet I don't feel it and it seems like everybody else around me does. Verse 5, He says, I've considered the days of old, the years of long ago. I will remember my song in the night and I will meditate with my heart and my spirit ponders. Here's what He's thinking. And he's thinking through the following. Watch these thoughts. Will the Lord reject forever? Ever had that thought? Have your, has your spirit ever pondered about that? Like, God, are you just going to reject me forever? Are you ever going to meet me where I am? He says, and he will, and will he never be favorable again? Has his loving kindness ceased forever? You ever have tough stuff happening in your life over and over and that saying like when it rains it pours and you think, gosh, has he lost all compassion on me or what is going on? Maybe your thoughts gone here. Has this promise come to an end forever? Maybe you say, maybe this thing's not even true. He promises this stuff. It's not even coming. Has God forgotten to be gracious or has he in anger withdrawn his compassion? Maybe you've had these thoughts too, just like, just like Asaph. You said, maybe I've done something that angered him so bad he's withdrawn from me. Maybe he's, he's left me. Because I'm reaching out, man, and I, I can't feel him anywhere. I don't sense God around me at all. And yet I've been persevering. I've been praying and praying and praying for it. And God just doesn't seem to be there. I have a feeling if you're anything like me, you can seriously relate to this, at least at times in your life. And so, what we want to do right now is take a couple minutes to yourself. And what I would ask you to do is to be honest with, Asaph is about as honest as you can get. Sometimes when we have these feelings and emotions we even have a sense of guilt about it. We feel, and it, it even leads to further detachment. We, we feel these things like God's not there, and yet we feel guilty about being honest about it, and so we get further and further and further detached, and pretty soon we're not even being honest with God. And we just get further, and f- we just shrink back, shrink back, shrink back, shrink back. Because we don't feel like God's there, and we feel like we're missing something. So what we want to do now is if you would just take a couple minutes by yourself and that you would talk to God. And maybe this psalm, you could literally recite it word for word because that's where you are. Maybe you're a person that you you want to feel God, you, you feel distant from God, and so maybe you just want to pray through that. Or maybe everything is going great in your life, but you know something is going to come in the future. All of us will have that. We're emotional people. We're, we're human beings, and so we're going to go through these. So maybe we'll pray for strength. Or maybe 
you know somebody that's actually in this spot right now and maybe you would pray for them. But just take a couple minutes and pray through this and be honest with the Lord. You know, even when you don't feel God there, there's something about saying blessed be your name anyway. Because the reality is, is that a lot of times we can allow our relationship with God to be defined by our feelings. And sometimes we feel like God's not there and we let that define our relationship with God. Or sometimes our feelings are so heightened that we're so excited that we allow that to define our relationship with God. Either way, feelings and emotions do not define our relationship with God. And, and even when it's sorrowful, even when we have feelings of detachment and abandonment, does not define your relationship with God. If you go back to the psalm, Asaph turns the corner on this thing and he, he moves from relying on his feelings, although he's honest about them. These do not define his relationship with God. He moves from what he feels and, and his emotions to what he knows to be true about God. And it's so amazing how he switches this thing. So watch this. In verse 10 he says, Then I said, It is my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. Who's the right hand of the Most High? Jesus. Interesting, huh? This is before He came to earth. Verse 11 says, I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I'll remember your wonders of old. Basically He says this, look, my feelings are one thing. I feel this way. I feel like God's rejected me. But I am going to remember what God has done. I'm going to remember his deeds and the wonders of old, all the things in the past that I know to be true about God. I'm going to rely on those things. He says, I'm going to not only just think about it, I'm going to meditate on it. And I'm going to constantly remind myself of what I know to be true about God. I'm going to constantly remind myself of what I know God has done even in my own life. He says, I'll meditate on your work and muse on your deeds. Muse just means like constantly just ponder and think through. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your strength among the peoples. How? How does he make known his strength? Well, because of what he's done. He can point to things. He can think about things. He can remember things. And, and as he remembers those things, he meditates on it and he muses on it. He ponders. He constantly reminds himself of what God has done. He says, you have by your power redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Real quick, yell out. You have to say it loud, but say something that God has done in your life. This one saved you, yeah. One or two words, yeah. Did you healed? Is that what you said? You said healed you, healed you, peace, loved you, forgiven. Yeah, heart transplant. Somebody else said something over here. Discipline you. Yeah, you know the root word of discipline is disciple. Strengthened you, yeah. See, all these things, 
Yeah. Yeah. See, all these things, sometimes we can put our fingers on it, but sometimes they're like totally intangible. I mean, we, we can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, how do you, how can you put your finger on peace or save me or, or heart transplant or, you know, obviously it's not a literal, but, uh, well, with, with George it's not, but, um, well, actually in some ways it is literal. <laughs> um, right? I mean, with me it is. And, um, but sometimes we just can't even put our f- fingers on it. And, and, um, and yet what God does in our life is, um, is so amazing and powerful. And sometimes we can forget what God has done and we rely on our emotions and we let that define our relationship with God. And, you know, uh, George, come on up. I, one of the ways, George is just a guy in our church, um, just like any of us. But one of the cool things to do is to remember is uh, God has done some unique things in people's lives, including yours. Um, but this is George. and um, Hi, everybody. Just uh, have them share a little bit, um, George. Um, real quick, um, what? What? I mean, real briefly, what? What was kind of some of your background, family, or? Um, I come from a loving family, a broken family, uh, but one that loved the world. Um, I don't really want to get too far into yeah, yeah, yeah. my past and what I've done. Uh, but most of you who know me or have had the opportunity to meet me, uh, my scars speak for themselves. Um, and they could only be healed one way. Uh, right up there. Um, yeah, when we were, you know, George articulates it like... Um, He's been there, done that, kind of defines it, uh, you know. But share, share what, what, um, what the last years look like in your life. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not usually at a loss for words. <laughs> really, I'm not. <laughs> and it's not that I'm nervous um, in any way, shape, or form. I hope that the Holy Spirit will speak through me. Uh, but there's a lot going on. Uh, as he's talking about Psalm 77, um, tomorrow I'll be divorced. That's not really cool, is it? Um, and I thought, well, I certainly could turn that into and look at it and be, you know, there's a certain amount of grief involved in that, obviously. But the thing is, is that um, when I got sober, um, another part of my story and my past. Um, I really had to rely on God. I mean, I had to get on my knees, and I still do to this day, every day. And because I, I was reacting to life. I really was. You know, God, things would happen, and then I would react to it. Um, by, by being honest and obedient and willing, today I act a certain way. The way he would have me. I get that. I really do. And it's very important to me. Um, It keeps me, even in these troubled times, grounded. Uh, I certainly would have a reason to be depressed, upset, anxious, worried. I mean, all the outside things, that's exactly what they are. 
But if I let him in and let him do the work, I wouldn't trade this for anything, really. You know? Hey, uh, you know, maybe there's somebody in here that doesn't know why you're clapping. They're clapping for him, not for me. Just so, just in case you don't know, that's what that's about. It's not about this guy up here. This guy, just like he said, I'm just another guy here. But when I allow, when I allow the Holy Spirit to work in me, you know, and allow me to ex- fully express Jesus Christ's love, to help reconcile God's children with their Heavenly Father, I've got no other reason for breathing today. None. There's no logical explanation why I still live if we get into that past stuff and you find out what I've been through. You feel it too. If you've been there, come talk to me. That's what I'm here for. I'm open 24 hours, 7 days a week for recovery. (laughs) Once again, they're clapping for him. Not for this guy. Yeah. Hey, um, real quick, what are you doing now? I mean, uh, well, I'm all about it. I'm all about him. Uh, my life has been saved, uh, and I have to do the legwork. I'm an EBC student. I'm a 37-year-old freshman. <laughs> Go figure, huh? <laughs> um, I come here to get to know you. Uh, I want... I want us to be the attraction. I mean, Jim's fine and all. <laughs> Frankie Chan. Did I tell you I was bad with names? So as I get to know you, I'm going to screw it up. I promise. Todd Nightshadow. You know, they're all really cool. Uh, but we, the body, we're the attraction here. We're, we're going to take it out there to the world. And... Uh, and I believe in that so much that I really do want to get with you. And uh, I want you all to get with each other. Um, I, I hope you hear that. I hope you feel that today. Cool. Thanks, man. Uh, if... George is around. Seriously, you should get to know him. He's a cool guy, and, and uh, he's driving special needs kids on Tuesday. He's just around, and um, and uh, he's doing some. It's fun to get to know him, even this just this weekend too. We've all had things that God in our lives that we can point to that God has done, and uh, and now we want to sing um, in response to that. Praise him for those things that he's done, and all of us can point to things. And, and maybe if you can't and you want somebody to talk to, um, you can you can come up to the front. But um, why don't we stand up together and uh, let's let's thank God for what He's done in our life.